You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Jar Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. It gets to a point where there's no moral victories, you know, in football. You either win or you lost. It's not, oh, we lost by two, we lost by three. Um, I mean, I think it just speaks to how hard everybody plays on this team and how hard everybody plays for each other just with all the stuff we've been going through and getting these close games. But, I mean, to be a good football team, you have to win those close games. That's Joe Schober. Yeah, the Jags lost again. Whatever. It's Larry Bird's birthday today. Mm. Check out those highlights on Twitter. I just saw it. I just commented about it. By the way, here's what else is big news. See this? No way. Yeah, sweatshirt Got the Townies sweatshirt. Looking good. Go, go Townies. Looking good. You like that guy. That's, that's, a, that's a badass logo. I don't care who you are. I'm for it, man. Pretty good. That guy's got bad intentions. I can't believe it took me 20 years to get a East Providence Townie sweatshirt. Does he have a name? Like the Townie guy? You can ask me to sing my alma mater, too. Some fan you are not. Hey, all I asked was, what is the mascot's name, Brent? Pretty standard and simple question. Like, if I was going to ask Stuart, well, Stuart's kind of busy, but if I was going to ask Stuart, hey, what what is your mascot's name? You would say for the Florida Gators? Florida Gators and the Palm Beach Gardens High School Gators. Yeah, but I'm saying the the, the mascot's name. Like, isn't it Albert Albert the Alligator? Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, Where were you? We're the Thunderbirds. Is there a Thunderbird? We don't need a Thunderbird name, all right? It's just it's the Thunderbirds. Well, we, well, Strikes. Apparently, no, we man, don't need a Townie name. That's, that's like Tommy the Townie or something right there. I don't Trent think it the is. Townie. I don't uh, think so. Trent think, the Townie. Trent the Townie. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think so. We had, what did we have at, uh, what are the Eagles, like the big Ashland? Oh, my gosh. Tuffy? I think it was Tuffy the Eagle. Tuffy the Eagle. Yeah, that was like, because they had eagles all over campus, and so they were all named different eagles, but the big one was named Tuffy, I think. Tuffy the Eagle. I think. You got it. It's Tuffy. Is it Tuffy? It's Tuffy. Yeah. Hey, can I just be honest not with very you? Tough, it's, kind of, it's kind of embarrassing, though, right? I mean, I think we're on the same page here. That's not, hey, listen, that's not striking fear in anybody. Ashland is the home of the world's friendliest people, okay? Yeah, I mean, yeah. You can't have it all. I got you. Uh, hey, do, you know, do, do you want to know what our mascot is called? Providence, Rhode Island State? is not home of the world's friendliest people, <laughs> but we are home of the townies. As you can see from the we're logo. We're tough. Hey, do, do you want me know what Murray uh, State's mascot name was? This goes to show you how much focus is on football at that university. Dunker. 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 That's that's the horse's name. <laughs> yeah. Dunker, man. Yeah, I, could, I think they could have done better. I mean, it's a basketball <laughs> school. goes to show you. <laughs> ah, man, soon enough, we might be a basketball town if the Jags keep losing. <laughs> What's up, Raptors? We're a hockey town. Let's go. Hey, yeah, Iceman. the Iceman, too. I mean, my goodness gracious, Jags lose again. Uh, Is and, Austin the, one of the new owners on the Iceman? Have we added him to the ownership not group yet? yet? Not yet. Not, not yet. Not yet. We'll work on it's that. Still, it's still in the contract. Okay. Don't worry uh, about there. that. Listen, I don't know what the cheapest buy-in on ownership is, but if I can get like... A quarter of one percent. I'm in. You gonna buy some stock? Yeah. You think the Iceman are rising? I want it. I've always, I actually, I've always wanted to do that. Like, I don't have the kind of money where I can buy into anything, but I would <laughs> want somebody to just sell me like a quarter percent of one percent stake. I mean, you want to do a pyramid what scheme? What is that? 0.025 or you something? You should be a Packers fan then. Do you want to do a pyramid scheme? That would be scheme? good. Like, wouldn't it be cool to say, hey, yeah, I, I'm part owner. 
Of the Packers? Nobody asked yeah. how much. I mean, it says, it's like it's like when you go play golf, right? Hey, I shot 77. Nobody says, yeah, did you play the white tees or the blue tees? Nobody says that. That's a good point. If I'm Nine throwing holes owner, or 18 holes, yeah, that's a good point. nobody says details. that either. That's a good so, point. hey, part owner, get out of here. Really? You're part owner? You must have loads of money. It's not bad. Yeah, yeah I do. It's not bad. Yeah, yeah, I do. I got a backyard <laughs> fireplace and everything, man. I feel an extra cozy. I want, someday, I'm going to have owner next to my of name. Of something. Of something. Of something. You know you can go on Facebook and get another, than a house. And we'll get like a pyramid <laughs> scheme, right? Like you can own it. Like you can start your own company if you want. Yeah. I don't want to call anybody out because they might sponsor us one day. But you know there's a, those pyramid schemes Absolutely. out there. There's plenty of them. Yeah, yeah. If you want to sponsor us, that's fine. I don't want to be a part of one because I don't want to go to jail. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but we'll, we'll certainly take your money. <laughs> yeah. And then if the cops well, come, I like, don't, we don't know you. I don't speak for the rest of the station. No, it's just for you the show. Speak for you and I, and that's all that yeah. matters, man. I will we endorse, are the station. I will endorse your pyramid yeah, scheme. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but, hey, but if the cops are asking questions, we don't know you. Ah, the Jags, man. The Jags. It's a couple of takeaways from the Jags yesterday. Mm-hmm. One is they continue to fight their butt off, but that's whatever, right? I mean, they're all supposed right. to. They're pros. You would even say that. Yes. used to play. Uh I'll tell you the other thing is, man, Minnesota should be way better than they are. Minnesota's bad. Like, yeah. listen, Kirk Cousins, not it. No. It's not it. Now, I said that about Baker Mayfield last week, and he goes out and has, like, the performance of a lifetime. Yeah. But, Lynn, I know there's been this back and forth on Kirk Cousins, but that is about as uninspiring of a football team loaded with star talent and big money guys that I can remember. I mean, mm-hmm. the Browns didn't look great out here in Jacksonville the other day, but, I mean, this was a I need to win this game for the Minnesota Vikings. And the Jags played better than them. The Jags were better than them outside of turnovers and penalties. And probably Mike Glennon at quarterback, to be honest with you. Um, the, the Vikings would have, should have, could have lost that game. And that's the way it goes in sports. But I'm just, that was uninspired. Like if I'm a Minnesota fan, it must be frustrating to be a Minnesota fan because they are way better on paper than yeah. they play. I mean, they have the best back maybe in the NFL. They have a hundred million dollar quarterback. They have the best rookie receiver in the NFL this year. They have a Pro Bowl receiver. I understand their offensive line is not good, but still, like, how can you have all that and, and be that gr- mediocre? They have pretty great tight ends, too, when they're healthy, and Kyle Rudolph and Irv Smith Jr. So, like, they're they're set on offense. I, I completely agree with you. Obviously, the Achilles heel of that team is Kirk Cousins. Now, he threw for three touchdowns, so give him a little props, but, but, but it wasn't a good three touchdowns. It's just, it kind of was you know like, Baker, like Baker Mayfield, right? Yeah. He had good numbers last week, yeah. but if you watch the game, it was a little, like, yeah, a little unsettling. Yeah. I kind of put Kirk Cousins in the same. Now, listen, their offensive line stinks. Mm-hmm. When we went to training camp with the Jets, it practiced against the Vikings in 2018, a uh, beautiful week up there in Minnesota. And both teams thinking they're really good, right? Because both teams had made a run in 17 and came a game away from going to the Super Bowl, which was in Minneapolis. Their offensive line stunk then. Like, their offensive line was a problem. They have not been able to fix their offensive line. They're much like the Cincinnati Bengals. They cannot be good enough at offensive line. Jags defense of line, who had 11 sacks going in, absolutely dominated the front of the Vikings yesterday. They did, but at the same time, and listen, I agree with you. I think that the... I mean, obviously, I think the problem is Kirk Cousins more on the offensive line, but the offensive line isn't that good as well. But then when you have Delvin Cook run for 120 yards, it's like, well, he didn't do that bad. But now he keep didn't. in mind, it was – How many carries did he have? 32 rushes. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, mean, it's a lot of carries, but still. Thank like, gosh I had overtime. At, at one time, he had like 14 carries for 36 yards. Yeah. And I, Delvin's still dangerous, but mm. they finally gave it to him in overtime. It, mm. it just wasn't like this eye-popping, wow, Delvin Cook really stole the show. Like, no. you didn't leave that game like, Delvin Cook, Wow. 
I left thinking that, man, um, they, they need a slot corner, you know, to cover Adam Thielen. Yeah. And Justin Jefferson's going to be pretty damn good. Yes. Yeah. yeah that's I mean, what I left. Jefferson's good. Yeah. yeah he's a good player. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like they should be better. Listen, no, this, I, this, uh, we're around here. We got 11 losses in a row. I mean, the Jags aren't good. Mm-hmm. But I'm just looking at these teams. And, and again, it's a one off thing sometimes. But Minnesota's kind of been like this now for years. They've been not as good as they should be. They're not even in the ballpark of the Green Bay Packers, man. No. I mean, that's not that. You could play that four weeks in a row and maybe they win once because it's sports in the NFL. But three out of four times, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers are going to thump them. Yeah. And, and I just, and keep in mind, like, Yes, the Vikings caused some turnovers. Um, yeah, I like to see that. But, like, that defense, like, Mike Zimmer's a defensive-minded coach. Right? Now, I get it. Eric Hendricks goes out in warm-ups doing karaoke's, which was bizarre. That's weird. Never seen that before. But at the end of the day, um, when you have a team that can run the ball like the Vikings, you got to play complementary football. And that defense right now, and I get it, you, you let go of Yannick Ngakwe, Hunter's on the IR. But overall, man, that Vikings defense, like – if you're Mike Zimmer, you can't put your name on that defense. You simply cannot do it. Yeah, they're not going. Um, now, <laughs> yeah. say all this, and they get, they're in the seven hole now. Yeah. I mean, they're in the playoffs. Right, so Who isn't, though, besides the Jaguars, Brent? Yeah, I mean, they're, but I mean, they moved into the Arizona spot yeah. yesterday. So um, Don't get me started with Arizona, Yeah, by we'll, the way. we'll go there tomorrow. Um, He's hurt. What, what do you want me to tell you? Yeah, he must be. Um, He's got a shoulder injury. And he had that a few weeks ago. He's playing yeah. through it. Uh, <laughs> what, a, what a warrior. <laughs> three touchdowns yesterday for Kyle Murray, and he's got a bum shoulder. Man, unbelievable. Uh, I'm just wondering who had a bigger demise over the last <laughs> few weeks, Gardner Minshew or Kyle Murray? <laughs> no, I think we know the answer to that question. I mean, Gardner Minshew playing went right. from starting quarterback to the sideline. Uh, I'm sorry, Minshew did. Kyle Murray went from MVP oh. candidate to like. Oh, I'm sorry. Did we make the oh, right I, pick? Oh, I'm sorry. Did someone get benched for Mike Glennon? Was it Kyle Murray? I don't think so. I Next just, question. No, Kyle Murray is a better agent. That's Next all I got to say. Oh, wow. <laughs> Shots fired. Shots, all right, we'll get it. I'm not. I'm not starting the show with the Minshew Glenn and stuff. I'm just not doing it. I've, I've done it for a month in a what row. Are you, are you in a good uh, mood or what? What are you trying to say right now? Nah, just. I mean, it's a tired topic for coming okay. from me. I mean, we'll eventually get to it, but it yeah. just it continues to not make a lot of sense. But uh, we'll we'll get into it. The other part of yesterday was, I mean, it seriously, and I know you you probably want to block your ears, but it was like it seriously had drama. Like you were in the wild, it was the last week of the regular season and people are fighting for a wild card. Stuart, what was it a couple years ago? Remember the Bills? Was it the Bills on like the last week of the season and somebody else were vying for a spot? And it might have been the, the year actually the Jags went to the playoffs. Like they, that's why they played the Bills. Because like that the, is plausible, yes. the last game of the Sunday and it was came down to a final couple of plays it Ra- and it went back and forth. It was the Ravens. It was the Bills. And there was one, one other team, wasn't there? I think there was. Yeah. There was a third team. Yeah. But it well, kind of... Go and ask Stuart for it when I have the answer right here. That's well, all right, know. though. It's uh, I, I don't know if you had, you yeah. know, where you were in 2017. <laughs> and Stuart didn't know the answer anyway. Uh, but the... I was cold that year. It was kind of like... Uh, it was kind of like that at the end of the year. Like, w- when you're jockeying for that last spot, which teams mm. will be in a few weeks. But, I mean, that Jets game. <laughs> that Jets game. That was the most dramatic part of the season. Yeah. Like, it was going on at the same time as the Jags are tying it up on a two-point conversion. The Jets are holding off the Raiders. The yeah. Raiders are calling timeouts, getting the ball back. The Jags are going to overtime. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's third and 27 for Minnesota. And you're like, I can't believe this happened. Mm-hmm. The Jags are going to finally win a game when the Jets win a game. Like, yeah. it's going to happen. And then the Jets. I mean, that is a talker today. Greg Williams got fired. As he should. 
don't do a cover zero when <laughs> just yeah. You're, you're again. You've played the game. Yeah. I've got Dan Orlovsky telling me on social media that Greg Williams always does this. Okay, he play mm. he he all out blitzes and he shows uh, he does all out blitz even when hail mary situations doesn't okay. give the guy time. Okay, I'm telling you, man, I I cannot. I am not a defensive guru. I'm not an X's and O's guy. I just don't. This does not make any sense. The situation is the Raiders had 13 seconds to go with no timeouts, 46 yards away from the end zone. Yeah. I mean, they have time for two plays, most likely. And if they hit the middle of the field, they probably don't have time to even go up and spike it if they get the first down because it was third down in this situation. On top of the horrible call, uh, the defender on the and now it slips my mind, but uh, to on rugs. Why didn't he just have pass interference and and the spot of the foul would give it to him at like the twenty? Yeah. And so one more play. Once he beat you, grab him, tackle him. Mm-hmm. So so many things go wrong, but the call is absolutely atrocious. It is seriously, and it's probably because we're in this situation with the Lawrence talk and the Fields talk and the Tank talk and the one and two pick. So I mean, you got to know where we're all coming from here in Jacksonville. But it seriously is is like the most obscene call I have seen in a situation like that where you actually ask, did they call that play on purpose to lose the game? Yeah. Listen, Twitter was ablaze uh, for most part of that fourth quarter during that Jets and Raiders game. So I had the Jaguars on the big screen, and then I was watching uh, the Jets Raiders on like my cell phone. And obviously, first of all, Jaguars fans. Don't ever invest yourselves in the New York Jets. Yeah. That's that's rule number one. Don't ever depend on the New York Jets for anything. Like, the New York Jets are that deadbeat friend that you should probably cut out of your life, but you keep on hanging on to, okay? They're the worst team in the NFL for a reason. Adam Gase is the worst coach in the NFL for a reason. Just remember that. Don't count on the Jets for anything, because they're never going to disappoint you then. So now, getting back to that whole play call and how all that stuff transitioned or transpired here. Yes, I agree with you. Greg Williams is, or I guess it was Dan Orlowski. Greg Williams is, is an extremely um, live by the blitz, die by the blitz type of coach. I think any player, any coach in those circles would agree with that. So I'm not taking that away from him. Okay, and sometimes in this game, when you go to that prevent defense, what do you, what do fans always say? Well, you're just sitting back, letting them, you know, dink and dunk, dink and dunk. Let's be honest though. In this game, in that situation, you had time for two passes, right? Two plays. Two plays. Two plays, Max, and then maximum, you're done. Maximum. Yeah. Why you would put, and I get it, Ruggs wasn't really having the best day when that pass, you know, when he caught that game. When He's he not passed. having the best year, quite He's frankly. not having the best year. I get that. But why you wouldn't set your defense up to succeed? And, and don't get me wrong. When a coach calls a blitz, Brent, you, you get excited. Yeah, yeah. Like, if you're on defense, like, you embrace that. That's what it's all about. Oh, yeah. We're going to send more than they can handle. Let's go party in the backfield. It's going to be a sack party back there, sack lunches for everybody. Um, num, 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 num. <laughs> but when you got two plays left and you call a blitz and you put your corner on an island against. Cookie Monster just made an appearance um, on num, the num, show. Num, num, num. <laughs> but when you got two plays left and you put your corner on an island like that with rugs, it makes zero sense whatsoever. You're asking for problems. You're asking for trouble. So, yeah, I think Greg Williams definitely deserved to be fired from that decision. I think it was a horrible decision. And if I'm Adam Gase, I'm calling timeout, and I'm saying, hey, do we have the plan in place here? Do we know what we're going to do? Because the most ironic thing of today, waking up the next morning, seeing that Greg Williams is now fired, you know who fired him? 
Adam Gase. It was Adam Gase's decision. Just got announced a couple minutes ago. Adam Gase chose to fire Greg Williams. Well, there's already been dysfunction there. Yeah, obviously. But I'm just saying, what does it do for, for your resume when Adam Gase fires you? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Now, well, it's not like the owner fired him it, yeah. or anybody like that. Which, by the way, the head coach is going to make those calls at the end of the day. But that's why I'm wondering if the owner's sitting there celebrating a the call from Greg Williams. Well, and I'm sure he is, right? Like, I'm not naive to that either. But... I saw some narratives saying, well, the Jets meant to do that, right? Like, the it, it came from Gates or even, like, the higher-ups saying that play was a setup, okay? I and, feel like I was watching when, a movie. They looked up in the suite, and it was like, and listen, there's the yeah. signal. And, the, it, it, <laughs> and one would say that if it's a Hail Mary situation and you got cover zero on or engage eight if you're a Madden player, um, one would say that is a setup. But I don't buy into that narrative, though, and here's why. If you're Greg Williams, the writing's on the wall. You're not going to be in New York next year. If you're Adam Gase, the writing's on the wall. You're not going to be in New York next year. So these decisions that you make right now, these decisions, whether it's play calling, roster management, these are the decisions that you have to explain to your next you know, suitors, if you will, that are trying to hire you. You, if you're Greg Williams, you have to go into a meeting one day. If you want to be a defensive coordinator, you're going to explain why you called the cover zero, um, you know, on a Hail Mary situation. So, no, I don't think that that came down from above. And Greg Williams is like, yeah, let me go in and throw away my career for a team that I'm going to be here next year. Yeah, doesn't yeah. make any sense whatsoever. Yeah, and I get that. I, I feel like it's more like it's if I ask that, I said, hey, all right, in your heart of hearts, like, do you really feel like they threw the game? I, I just can't – I don't think so, but it was such a bad call. It's like – like nobody makes that call. Like who does that? Like it just is so um, – it, it was it was unbelievable. Like it still is unbelievable. Like there's no reasoning for it. I'd almost like to hear Greg Williams talk about it more. Mm-hmm. But the players were even like, I can't believe like we were in that – situation and they want to win you know that's the thing it's like the players want to win they're not all in listen at the end of the day greg williams will be heralded potentially some five ten years down the road depending on how trevor lawrence does people will look back at this moment and be like thanks greg thanks for making the call because if lawrence is good and that's it but the the jets are now like if they lost that game like you said, don't invest in the Jets. The Jets are yeah. not. The Jets are not winning. Yeah, like they are okay with going 0 16. They're the worst team in football. And if you're a Jaguars fan, you'd be foolish to put any kind of stake in the New York Jets. Just Ma- don't do meanwhile, it. Meanwhile, the the Jags are scaring the heck out of us. If you're in the the tank camp, <laughs> because they keep. I mean, four out of the last five games. Yeah. I, I want to ask you this: They've come close so often. Does that bode well for next year? A lot of times, teams that lose close games, they make a couple of changes here or there. They add some players, and you know what? They weren't that far away, yeah. as far away as the record. That's why teams go up and down in the NFL so rapidly, unlike other sports. Does this bode well for the Jags moving forward into 2021? We'll talk about it on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Thanks for coming along here on a Monday on ESPN 690. Brent Martineau. Some uh, NBA play-by-play here this week as well. Right here on ESPN 690. Austin Lane. You're right? Yeah, I know. You look over like, are you going to make it? Yeah, man. I'm making sure we're all good here. Listen, I I get choked up about the new lineup. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Jets coming. Ah! Car. 
some air under it. Wide open his legs for the touchdown. It was tough. You know, we fought hard to, to put ourselves in a position to win. You know, if, you know, at that point in the game, just got to be in a better call. <laughs> That's Marcus May, I'm assuming. Uh, just got to be in a better call. He said it like eight times. But, you know, here's the thing about I feel like I'm, I feel like we're in New York. Can you imagine New York today? But I don't know what New York might not be mad because they see the big picture, too. Go on Twitter and see what they said. First thing I did. They're excited. I bet they are. Oh, yeah. 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 They're, they're throwing parades in the streets today. You know, I, I wondered this. So a weird way to look at it. But I was thinking of like all the chatter we are having in town about mm-hmm. being bad. All the chatter they're having in New York about being bad and kind of looking ahead. And I'm, I'm not even just talking about the tank stuff. Be like Whether it's talking about firing coaches, whether it's talking about the ownership, whether it's talking about the players, whatever. If you took the last uh, – like Cincinnati doesn't really fit in here to me because I don't feel like they're you – know, they lost Joe Burrow, so that kind of is different. But mm-hmm. um, like maybe the Chargers, okay? So take like the Jags, the Chargers who are just embarrassing right now. I mean, on special teams and some of the coaching moves, Anthony Anthony Lynn's going to lose his job. I mean, yeah. it's just it's getting embarrassing. Much like Gase, like, that's one thing I'll say for Doug Marone. It's not really embarrassing. Like I, I still hammer Doug right now for not playing Minshew. But, yeah. Like, and I just can't get over that. Like, I just can't. Like, I just wish Doug would stop saying he gives us the best chance to win Mike Lennon because I, I just don't believe that. Like, it's not true. And, and I don't really think it's true. Like, I, I Brent, you, you watch the Vikings game. How is that true? Yeah, like how can you how can you say after a guy threw two picks, a guy threw a touchdown that should have been a pick, a guy that threw that had a safety, and a guy that fumbled gave you the best chance to win? Like, no, I mean one of the knocks against Minshew is he was turning the ball over a little bit, or or like might not hold on to the football in spots, or you know you. You just can't tell me that. So anyway, I'm okay. critical of I'm critical of Marone in that. But you can't criticize a lot else in terms of they look like they're developing players a bit. I mean, some of these guys are coming to life. The young guys, they're man, they're playing hard. Like all that stuff. You can sit there and criticize Anthony Lynn though for lining people up on the field the wrong way. Uh, their special teams is atrocious. Like it looks like I'm watching a high school football game sometimes. Uh, and then you go to Gase. And Greg Williams and what they did yesterday, and Greg Williams, as wrong as he was, you know, Gay says about an hour ago, hey, yeah, I fired him. You just get, it's not acceptable. And then somebody said, well, why didn't you, you know, why didn't you stop the plays? Like, I should have called timeout. Well, that's on you too, well, you moron. Listen, listen, the Jets know exactly what they're doing. All right. You, you keep Adam Gase steering this ship into oblivion. And you reap the benefits at the end by getting Trevor Lawrence, and then you dismiss Adam Gase, say, thanks for your services, we'll take Trevor Lawrence, and you be on your way. That's what's going on in New York, hands down. Yeah. I mean, like, listen, Brent, you've seen the interviews. Like, you've seen just the craziest, like, at least with Doug Marone, yes, we both agree. Mike Glennon should not be starting against the Tennessee Titans if you truly want to win a football game. So go and put the whole winning is the most important thing to bet. Because from the coaching standpoint, it's not. Now, from the player's standpoint, well, no kidding. Guys are fighting for jobs right now. But from the coaching standpoint, I'm not going to co-sign on it. But with Adam Gase, man, of all the crazy things that he's said, he's interacted with the media, the decisions, there is no way Adam Gase right now doesn't know what's going on. Yeah, I hear you. Um, so my point of this, though, was take the Jets, Jags, Chargers, mm-hmm. okay? Um, and, and you could throw another team in there. But I was wondering this yesterday. I'm like, I wonder if there's more chatter and more emotion and more whatever about these kind of teams, like in the bottom four or five of the NFL, 
than there are even about the top tier teams in the NFL right now. Like, you know, obviously when you get to the playoffs, people are going to be talking about them. But like, is the Pittsburgh fan base, is the Green Bay fan base, is the Saints fan base, they're not really filled with emotion. They're enjoying things. Everybody's happy in those fan bases, right? I mean, to be honest with you, this time of year, right now with like four weeks to go, it's more fun in essence to do. It's not fun, but it's more like there's more to grab at. I mean, being like these bottom tier teams, especially on a day like yesterday when you had the back and forth and you got two crown jewels potentially at quarterback out there next year's draft. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just an amazing deal, right? That's why the NFL is king. Yeah. And I'm not saying this doesn't happen, but it doesn't happen in Major League Baseball. If you stink, you stink. Like the season was over for the Baltimore Orioles and the Red Sox like halfway through. Mm-hmm. Um, and NBA, the lottery pick matters, but there's no guarantee you're getting it. And so you're just in the conversation. So even being terrible, you're like, oh, gosh, we're terrible, and we might not even get the number one pick. But in the NFL, like being a bottom feeder team evokes emotion and conversation Mm. almost more than even if you're like a top-tier team. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean – it starts to be a parody, though. Like that, that, that's the bad thing. Like, yeah, they're talking about you, but guess what? It's not for the right reasons, you know? And especially a team like the Jacksonville Jaguars, who, let's be honest, the optics the past, I don't know, three years, no bueno. And then you want to kind of pile on a, a one-win season possibly on top of it. Um, it's hard to swallow. Yeah. As simple as that. Now, let's be honest. If if you go through those suffering seasons year after year after year and you come away with, with the number one pick – I, I understand that, man, because then it's like, well, you know what? Maybe it was all worth it. Yeah. Even maybe Justin Fields at the number two slot might make it feel all worth it. But right now, the way I look at it, yeah, they're laughing at the Jaguars still. It's not for the right reasons. Okay, so here's the thing. Here's what I want to know. The Jags lose to the Tennessee Titans early on by three points. They get smacked by the Dolphins, but they lose by a possession of the Bengals. It felt a little bit more than a possession, to be honest, mm. but they did lose by a possession. They get beat up pretty good by the Texans and the Lions, which was brutal. Uh, the Chargers, they lose by double digits, so I won't count that. So you go back and you have the Titans game and maybe the Bengals game. So that's two. But now you have four of the last five games where you lose on a two-point conversion. You lose on you have you have the ball on the other side of Green Bay's field uh, with two minutes to go and plenty of time. But the rookie quarterback and the offensive line uh, just mess it up. Yeah. Uh, you get hammered by the Steelers, fine. But you get the Browns and you have a two-point conversion, and then you lose in overtime to a Vikings team that might be going to the playoffs. Quite frankly. So my question is: those are six out of the eleven losses by a possession or less, and five of the losses. By four points or less. Mm-hmm. Does that bode well for the future? You're going you're gonna to revamp things. You're going to bring in a new GM, a new coach, um, a, a new culture or whatever, blah, blah, blah. But you're also going to add pieces uh, in free agency. You're going to most likely get yourself a franchise quarterback and other young players around. And these guys now are hardened a bit after a year of losing, but being also close, they could taste it, that it drove them nuts. And they're also going to mature a little bit and hopefully, hopefully develop. Yeah. I mean, this is the way the NFL is built to get better quickly. I I just wonder, it did cross my mind after losing four out of five and the way they're playing and the way I'm starting to see some young guys develop uh, that Jags could be one of those teams that go from like one win. And I'm not saying they're going to win 12. okay? but I mean, to see them win eight or or even nine games with good quarterback play next year. Would it stun you? So there's two kind of branches of, of thought that I want to break up right now. 
first of all, the way these players play the, the the last whatever three or four or five games, it tells you a lot because there's nothing on the line. You're not going to the playoffs. You're not going to the Super Bowl. Expectations were not reached. So you know that in the back of your head. So if you're a player, you're essentially you're playing for pride and you're playing for honor and you're playing for essentially your job for the next coaching staff to come in, throw on that film and say, we want this guy on our team. So that's the players thing. Now, you're also talking about from a team dynamic in terms of momentum. When you lose these close games going into next season, will that have some kind of effect? I compare it to 2012. Now, that was Mike Malarkey's only year. We only won two games. Horrible season, obviously. But if I remember correctly, we had like three or four games that went overtime, right? And those games, obviously, we probably should have won some of those overtime games. But towards the end of the season, we start playing better ball. But I remember going into the next year then with the new coaching staff and Gus Bradley in that spring, we were like, well, man, we lost these games in overtime. Like, it's going to turn around, you know, like. There was none of that conversation. Yeah. The only conversation that was had in that locker room when Bradley came in was, guys, we won two games last year. That's horrible. I think we went one and seven, one and eight, whatever it was, at home. We can't do that. So, like, that's that's what that narrative was. Like, we didn't really have any momentum. It's just, like, this can't happen again. Now, obviously, Bradley comes in, and the rest is history. But, but that's, the, what, the, that's what the narrative that was. So they, they, they took a, like, it wasn't a lot of, like... Um, scar tissue left over. It wasn't like they were building off something. Yeah. They actually went backwards. They said, okay, Correct. we got some guys here, but we're going to go back. We're going to pale the Band-Aid off big time here. Mm-hmm. That's not going to be the case next year. Guys are going to come in, and a lot of the players you see this year are going to play next year on this football team. Sure. And then they're only going to add around it. And then they're hopefully going to change a little bit of a mentality. They'll they'll pick better, coach better, all this stuff, whatever you want to throw in there. But I, I think it is a little bit more reminiscent, and, and uh, listen, I do not want to over-dramatize this, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a little bit more reminiscent of 16 mm-hmm. because the Jags had this young talent that you expected to do better with Gus in 16, and they obviously went 3-13, and 13, I think it was that year. But, like, you could see some of it. Like, it wasn't – you could tell Jalen Ramsey was a good player. Right. I mean, you could tell some of these guys were pretty good football players and for whatever reason, they weren't winning. Well, everybody blamed the head coach and they get Tom Coughlin in, they get Doug Marone in, they add pieces. Right. And they hit a big in free agency. They had Calais, they had A.J. Boyer, they had some of the other guys. And then they got improved play from players like Blake Bortles. I know he didn't end up being the centerpiece, but still they got improved quarterback play. Now, the Jazz are going to pick potentially Justin Fields. I would assume that this kid, even as a rookie quarterback, could play better than some of the quarterback play they've had. I don't know how great. I don't know where the ceiling is. And there's a caveat there, no doubt. But you would just think if you add a couple of pieces with some of the money you have, I don't even say you have to spend it all, and you add more young players, but to go along with these guys and develop them more, man, you could have a situation where, I mean, eight wins doesn't seem great, but going from one win potentially to eight wins is a huge jump. No, it is. I wouldn't even think nine wins would be super out of the equation if you get fortuitous bounces and a little lucky. Ten wins seems a little crazy to me. Like, ten wins seems like, Brent, slow down, man. You know, I mean, they're not doing that. So I I understand that I'm even questioning myself (laughs) if you you say that. Here's the thing, though, and – this is geared more towards the defense right now than it is the offense. But, and let's be honest, the defense, I think they, they have taken steps, right? I mean, they, they have appeared to be better um, these past couple games. 
But if you want to talk about right now the starters that started in Minnesota or the starters that started in Green Bay, how many of those guys that started those games realistically are going to be starters next year, Brent, would you say? <sighs> you, know, you know what I'm trying to get at here? Yeah, that's fair. Uh, listen, we know the linebackers. Yes. Okay, and by the way, it's good to see Joe Schober play, having some games now mm-hmm. and making some plays. Uh, Pick that's six. A, that's a good go thing. That. No, yeah. and he, but he had 10-plus tackles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had a sack. Mm-hmm. You know, those are, those are good things. I, I don't think the secondary will be – like Jared – Wilson could potentially still be here. I think he's still a very solid player for you, yeah. uh, something you can rely on. I do think a guy like Smoot could be in the rotation, man. Like, yeah. I'm still seeing – I go, I keep a guy like DeJuan Smoot. I like him. Chason showed up better, at least according to, like, pro football focus. I didn't see it with my eyes as much, but it looked like he was a more effective mm-hmm. uh, than he had been. Mm-hmm. So – I don't know how to answer their question. I understand what you're saying. C.J. Henderson's not out there. Yeah. Josh Allen's not out there. Probably your interior defensive Wingard, linemen are not out there. Oh, I guess he's hurting out too, though. Yeah, Wingard. he wasn't out there. But Josh Barku, Jones. Was Barku out there? Yeah, see, Barku's a guy. Like, I don't think he'll be he'll be a depth no, player. No, he's, he's going to be here, but he's not going to be starting. But he's not going to be starting. Year. So I, yeah. your point's fine. Yeah. Here, my Just to kind of put an exclamation on my point. In 16, mm-hmm. they lost eight games by a possession or less. Eight games. And I'll even take it further. One, two, three, four, uh, five, six games by five points or less. So because sometimes, you know, I don't know. I can't remember the game flow of that stuff. They might have scored late to make it look better. But still, five games by five points or less. This team has now lost five games by four points or less. Yeah. So we're going to show those extra points. Brian, are big deal. <laughs> extra points. Uh I just uh, it's it'll be really interesting. Yeah. It'll be it'll be interesting to see if there's any kind of symmetry there between 16 and 17 versus 20 and 21 for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And again, they've got a bevy of money yeah. and a bevy of picks, including the most important pick. They will get a quarterback of some kind. And if they hit that, then they have a real chance. Listen, at the end of the day, I'm not going to make excuses for losing. You either win or you learn or you lose. Simple as that. But if you're a Jaguars fan, and I get you're trying to get that top spot in the draft. But you like to see your team peaking and playing better towards the end of the season than you do towards the beginning of the season. And right now, I think we're seeing a team who's playing a better brand of football, not you know a winning brand of football per se, but a be- a better brand of football towards the end of the season. That's why I have a, I, I I can't like give Doug Marone and the coaching staff too much credit, but they change things around the bye week defensively, and that seems to be working. But I also see the development of players. Like people will say, "What about the development of players?" And I think that has happened. I mean, Colin Johnson is better now than he was now, partly because they weren't playing him. Maybe that's on them, too, right? I mean, we always wrestle with that. So, I mean, Doug Costin's playing better. Have they developed him? I think you got to give him some credit for that along the way. So, that's interesting. Uh, Speaking of, uh, we are going to get in the quarterback situation a little bit. Glennon, Minshew, tight ends. Have they changed? I want to see on your eyes, is the defense that different, or am I just seeing things because I'm 43 and have bad vision. (laughs) Uh, We'll talk about it next on ESPN 690. I just want to see, you know, more practice. I think, you know, he's working on his volume and the amount of throws and all of that. You know, he's obviously cleared medically, but, you know, still you want to be able to see those things on the practice field. I just think right now in in practice, Mike, Mike is Mike is throwing better and, and gives us the best chance to win. And, you know, I don't think Gardner's, you know, 100% as far as his workload and, 
you know, that's always that's always concern to me, and I'm trying to understand it, and we're both trying to work through it. Doug Barone on Gardner Minshew. Hey, do you have the whiteboard? Uh, yeah, I need a marker, though. I know. I'll get one for later. All right, cool. But we need to free Minshew. Yeah. I mean, we need a free Minshew. Like, free Minshew Fridays. That's what it should be. Free Minshew Fridays. That's what the whiteboard was intended for. Should I put it in my speech bubble? Maybe that's a good idea. Yeah. Instead of good luck with that, go with free Minshew. Um, hmm. Uh, listen, I can't get over it. Let's get it, Brent. I can't. Let's get I just, into it. I can't get over it. I. I and again, I, uh, I. I'm trying not just to be like so disrespectful on this front. Um. But Doug said it again post game. Like he he didn't even hesitate yesterday to say Glennon's our guy, mm-hmm. and he said he still thinks it gives the best chance to win. I mean, Doug, you just spent three hours watching this guy turn it over twice, get a no. safety, fumble it over again, so really three times, and and get lucky as heck on the Chenault touchdown. Well, now keep in mind though, he said Glennon gives us the best chance to win this time, which out of character for Doug Marone, because last time he said he said Mike Glennon gives us the best chance. Didn't say what best chance was for any. It could have been yeah. the best chance for you know Trevor Lawrence. But now Doug Marone's doubling down, maybe even tripling down, and saying he gives us the best chance to win. Yeah, I I just, I mean, <laughs> get him, Brent. There are people in the organization right now, or close to the organization, that really don't like Minshew playing. Sure, they really don't. Okay, and like. I, I, they know probably more about football than I know, mm-hmm. but they don't love the idea that Minshew's playing or, or even bringing him back, or they think he's terrible, and and they actually believe that Mike Glennon gives him a better chance to win. Mm-hmm. There's so much Listen, irony. I don't know as much football as a lot of people in town. I, I don't claim to. Can we get a button of that, please? Say that up, <laughs> Brent Martino. But Gardner <laughs> Minshew gives you a better chance to win. Then Mike Glennon. I'm sorry, Mike. I think Mike has done an admirable job coming in. Mike Glennon has six wins in his seven-year career. Mm-hmm. Gardner Minshew has seven wins in his short Jacksonville Jaguars career. Yeah. That's with the Jaguars, by the way, who don't win very often. Yeah. He got six last year, and he got one this year. And he's healthy. And he's backing up Mike Glennon. And you're going into, and you continuously tell us that this guy gives you the best chance to win. It's not true. Like, just say something else other than that. Like, don't tell us all the dirt behind it. Don't have to tell us that he's in the doghouse. You don't tell us that you're pissed off at him for whatever the injury stuff and agent stuff. Whatever. But just don't tell us that Mike Glennon gives us a better chance to win. Because, by the way, you're not just telling us. There's no way in hell you can sell that in that locker room. People, do you really think people believe that in that locker room? They shouldn't, Brent. No, they they, they definitely shouldn't. And listen, I broke this down a lot in my three observations video, my three takeaway videos that you guys can find on the Action Sports Jacks YouTube page. But basically, I said it like this. And I'm like, literally, I feel like a conspiracy theorist making his own crazy YouTube video saying they're lying to you. They're lying to you. Don't buy into it. But, like, that's what we've become now. Like, that's where I feel like I'm at as someone that covers this team. You're absolutely lying to yourself if you think Mike Glennon gives you a better chance to win than Gardner Minshew. We saw it yesterday. 
How many turnovers was Mike Glenn responsible for yesterday? And keep in mind, the one touchdown that he threw shouldn't have even been a touchdown. No. Okay. I mean, now, sometimes it's better lucky. Sometimes, than, yeah. sometimes be a bit lucky than skilled. I get that. Should not have been a touchdown on Vizca Chanel. Not even close. Three turnovers into safety. Nine times out of ten, that's the interception. And the most ironic thing of all of this, like if we're sitting here right now talking about Garner Minshew being the backup quarterback. If you're done wrong, all you got to say is he's not 100%. We're not going to put him back out there. He's not 100%. The end. Next question. But the most ironic part about this thing is, is that if you're Doug Marone, you're benching the guy that maybe got you the job here another year in the first place. Because we've been very adamant about this. When Doug Marone and Dave Caldwell were sitting in their meeting trying to keep their jobs at Shad Khan, I guarantee they dangled Gardner Minshew out there and said, hey, look what we got over here, right? People seem to like him. From a branding perspective, he's good. And guess what? He won some games for us. And maybe he wins some more games this year. So let's give us another shot here. We drafted him. I'm coaching him. And let's see what we got. That's the crazy thing. And you can't sell me on you're trying to win right now. But what about the future, Brent? Well, what about the future? Like, is he going to be the backup quarterback in the future or not? Do you want to get rid of him? Well, then throw him out there for a resume builder. All of a sudden, Gardner Minshew wins maybe one game or two games that looks good doing it. Guess what? Now other teams come a-calling. No team's going to come a-calling for Mike Glennon. There's no way. By the way, uh, two quick questions okay, before we go. we got to get out of here in a minute uh, to the top of the hour. Do the Jags win that game if Gardner Minshew's playing yesterday? I think they do. But I think there's no doubt they do. Mm-hmm. Like, they were the better team overall, but they had a quarterback making mistakes. Now, if Mike Glennon plays the way he did against Cleveland, and again, I think Glenn, this is not an indictment on Glennon. I think he's coming here for a guy who hasn't played in a few years and done a pretty admirable job. He's made some good throws, made some plays. He did lead them to the tying touchdown, you know? So he's done some good things. I'm just saying overall, my money says Minshew wins that game. Yeah. One thing. Obviously, Doug Marone's going to be gone after this year. When he's sitting in that interviewing process, talking to another GM, a bunch of other head coaches, they're going to ask him, hey, what went down with Gardner Minshew and Glennon? Why did you start Glennon? What is he going to say? I didn't get along with Gardner Minshew? You think, you think, you think that's going to fly in, in, in a resume meeting? Absolutely not. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how it's going to go down. Because we really don't gives know. you the best chance to win. Simple. They're not doing it. And, and everyone's celebrating it, too. Gardner Minshew gives you the best chance to win this week against the Titans, too. Absolutely he does. Not Mike Glennon. We'll be back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 6-9. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.